Fuck, I already messed it up. Wow, like it, you actually sound like you have a podcast voice. I don't know if I should fight you or thank you. I'm really happy. I'm also I'm drunk. They're so, they're so big. It sounded, yeah, it sounded like you said "uh oh" at the same time as you were. All I grown. did. I took it and I yeah, said "uh oh." Sure. I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah. Hi, this is Lit Lit. This is, this is a podcast where we read books over and we talk about them drunk. I'm Danny Burford. I'm Andrew Cleo. Woo! And <laughs> this week we are reading "The Da Vinci Code" by Dan Brown. Yeah. Uh, Some of you may have heard of it. Yeah, it's like a casual novel. Uh-huh. I would like to point out, though, that I think this might be one of the first times that I didn't fuck up the intro. Depends on how you define it, but sure, yes. But I don't think I did. I think I did an okay job. No, you don't, you always do a fantastic job. Oh, I don't that, know what you're always so worried about. That jello shot was really yeah, uh, sweet. This is like, it, It's like the thing you're doing to just uh, like solidify in all of our minds the fact that you are indeed in your 20s and I am indeed in my 30s. I, One of us is doing jello shots before the show, and it's not me. I I am my twenty, but to be fair, I haven't had a jello shot in a while. Oh, since college, right? I mean, phew, that's like four years ago. Holy shit! No, it's five years ago now. Oh, all right, whatever. Is it five years ago? How old? I thought I was twenty-seven, which is like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like make you feel shitty. No, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. But I had a conversation with um, one of my roommates, uh, and I was like, oh, am I? Am I 27? She goes, no, you're not 27. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I am. And she's like, no, you can't be. Don't say that. It makes me scared. I'm not 27. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm and I was like, no, no, no. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, so we're reading The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, which is all about 27-year-olds and 33-year-olds. Um, uh this is a, uh, this is a. Some of you may be familiar. We are we're doing this as a, like a beach read uh, thing. This, this is after all is August. It is uh, the height August, of, uh, of heat. And uh, while we're recording, yes, yeah, we'll yeah. release later on. But yeah, um, we uh, wanted to do one of, of these during the summer because there is something about a quick, fun, like quick paced uh you know something, something that it, it, you can just get through real real easy it doesn't really tax your brain that much uh but it does still give you some level of enjoyment releases those like endorphins uh yeah. and this is a this is one of the best examples of the 20th century so we figured why, might as well just jump into this now um it is one of the best what one one of the best examples of oh. uh, of, of a beach read of the of in the twentieth century. Like I, I can't yeah. think of another book offhand that has been as popular and ubiquitous as this book was when it was when it came out and in the in the surrounding years even too. I mean, I would say bared to you maybe. <laughs> Fuck you. I can't believe you sold me on that. We're on video too, so like she had a serious look on her face. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, what interesting answers does she have? No, she's a piece of shit. Never mind. Mm-mm. It's a, it, those are beach reads. Oh, they're beach reads. Anyway, Da Vinci Code. Um, and so we're, so we are going to spend a decent amount of this episode um, talking about the deficiencies of this book. Um, and we are not doing it from a uh, fuck this, it's mainstream type uh, attitude. Oh, this no. is not a hipster podcast about, well, at least in this regard, about um, about books. Um, we, 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 I, I read this once before. Danny had not, and to be fair, I had forgotten a lot of it. So when I reread it, I, I I didn't remember certain parts of the of the riddles and the conspiracy that we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there, we're not shitting on this book. Uh, it does serve a good purpose, but yeah, it also it, has problems that we can, well, I think that you can correct without making it like some highbrow book too, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that he's obviously an extremely successful author, so I don't really have any problem with being like, oh, how dare you have a oh, sentence like oh, yeah, this in your like, yeah, we're punching up here for million sure. Like, dollar, like, yeah, if, million. if we make fun of this, like, we're definitely taking shots at a multi multi millionaire who I'm sure has been set for a while now. So I don't feel too bad about making fun of this book. At the same time, what I do want to get across is that we're not making fun of it, like, for the sake of making fun of it. And we're not making fun of it because we think that this type of book is trash or anything like that. Sure. We're just saying that there are some issues with this book that you could solve pretty easily and still have it be a fun beach read. So, if, yeah. if I could have written this book, I would have. Yes, exactly. And- like 1,000%. If I was like back in, you know, like long ago, back in my school days, back in yeah. my college days, you know. It's Roughly just been, 75 million years ago. Yeah. It's, been, it's been really, it's been a long time. And if, I was, if I was back then, it's then. That's totally fine. Really good. And if I could, if I could write, if I could write this book, I would one thousand like I would never be able to think of half the things that were happening in this book. And, and so, actually, that's one thing I want to get into pretty uh, early on here uh, while we talk about the uh, ups and downs of this book. Um, one of the things that frustrates me so much about it, and it's not necessarily its fault, is just that there's so much historical reference and uh, connections drawn and whatnot that, mm-hmm. as someone who is a, a fan of ancient history. Um, but not a huge super nerd about it. Like, I don't know a lot of this stuff and the details. So, like, when he says something about, like, you know, oh, blah, 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 was clearly a member of the, you know, the, the, the priori. I'm like, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that was like a rumor. I don't know if that was, and like this, and so much of the historical backing he uses for all of these clues and the people that are involved in, in, in the various sects and everything. Like, I, I found myself so many times thinking, like, I know this is bullshit at some point, but I don't know at which point the bullshit starts. I would really like to do some research and find out some of the like the That's reality. What makes of him the ultimate English major. <laughs> He's very much the bullshitter in, in any liberal arts classroom. That's very true. yes. That's what makes him the ultimate English major is because you're reading this and you're like. Oh yeah, like that's right. Yeah, um, that's right too. Someone else did the reading. Like he's really great at oh, bullshitting yeah. to a crowd of like a, a class of twenty five uh, people, and like a lot of them are like, "Oh yeah, sure, that sounds great." And there's like three nerds that actually read the book, and they're like, "Well, actually, everything you're saying is wrong," which apparently is what happened in response to this book. Like a ton of people yeah. said that he drew like all these create, and, and I don't really care because this is for the sake of fiction and for the story. So that part of it, I don't really give a shit about. But the the the, the part where I am lost as like what to wiki or not is very frustrating to me yeah no um there are definitely plenty of times where i was sitting there going like is this am i it's sometimes read as almost like it read as fact yeah some of the times so i can i can see people reading this and then going oh well that, that's that's why the mona lisa is the way that the mona lisa is I, and, and, yeah, and yeah. that kind of way of where it just seems so realistic that you're going through and you're like, at the very oh, least, like, everyone plausible. knows this. It seems plausible, which is, which is a credit to Dan Brown. Yeah. Like, like the fact that this stuff at least seems like, you know, to, to relatively educated people like this, like this stuff seems like it is. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know uh, if you're talking to me or like yourself and the cat. So like, I, said, <laughs> I know I just, I, I said relatively. So everything is fair game. Uh, yeah. I think that like, it, it's like, it was, 
it was something that I, that I was reading. It was like, okay, again, some of this is definitely bullshit, but like, I can't tell where it is. And the fact that you, I can't tell where it is probably means that you've done a good job of seamlessly blending your own myth with like the history that actually exists in the world. Imagine that world building though. Like I'm I, just like putting together what this story must've looked like yeah. before actually writing. Or, yeah, yeah. Before sure. the manuscript, yeah. because not it was just so many layers which we're going to get into a little bit later but like there were so many layers to everything that i'm just trying to picture what that board looked yeah, like how he how he would have plotted it out like if he, yeah. if he was a visual um um planner if you if he was a if he did it all by note or outline or whatnot yeah i think that actually is very interesting because it's a lot to keep track for sure yeah and then i wonder as you're writing this and like I don't, I actually don't know how much if you've written any fiction or kind of like in, whatever in passing for fun, but nothing ever like uh, reaching yeah. a finished product. But like, there are so many times, at least that I found myself when I've been writing like bigger pieces of like fiction, where you get surprised by your own characters as you're writing oh. them, and you start you're just like going along, going along, going along, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, they did this, and like oh crap, like they said this, and like they figured this out, and. I understand that you have like a storyboard of like where you know where like things need to go and stuff, but okay. the twists and turns that your characters take to get there sometimes are a surprise to the author. And I wonder how much of that happened while he was writing this. I mean, I so I can't speak to him in particular, um, but something that I like uh, a, a general like set of terms from I don't know writing craft from whatever you want to say is like the, like the, a couple of general archetypes are you have the um, the architect who plans every aspect of a story out as much as possible, and you have the gardener which just sets a very solid base for everything and kind of lets mm-hmm. everything grow from there. And if it grows in an unexpected way, then that then, then they're willing to go with that because it makes sense for their character and, the, yeah. and therefore for their story. I'll, I'll George R. R. Martin, fuck. Oh, has said yes. the, uh, I haven't had to do that. You bring it up so much mm-mm. more than I do. I did it like the last two times. I don't want to hear it. Uh, but anyways, like he, <laughs> he he said before, he's like a, he he is a gardener to, to at least some degree. He has his large plot points that he wants to hit, but like mm-hmm. he, um, he's willing to let his characters grow and uh, into the story and do their own thing. Um, so I could see Brown uh, theoretically being a, a gardener, but I, I, I think he'd be an architect. I think he, I think, because I don't think his character, and, and this is something else that we'll, we'll for sure talk about, but I don't think his characters are interesting enough that they could really lead him in a, in a way that no. he wasn't, that he wasn't expecting or anything like that. I think that he probably planned this out pretty aggressively, but the fact that he planned it out pretty aggressively is also impressive. Like it's a lot to keep all this uh, together. Like yeah. the plot point, the plots, the plot is relatively straightforward, but all of the uh, background information that goes around the ciphers and the uh, and and the uh, qu- steps of the quest are mm-hmm. difficult, and I would think that it would be very difficult to keep together as a writer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally see. I see. I see the like the fact that his characters aren't interesting enough to sure. write their own stories or whatever. But uh, I just wonder how much. I'm sure he did a lot of architect, like architecture. Uh-huh. Ar- I was gonna say architecting. That's not it at all. Eh. Building, world building. There you go. Uh, he did a lot of. You know, when you architect a building, yes. Yeah, you build it from up. the ground up. You architect it from the ground up. Yeah. You you world it, um, but like I can see him doing a lot of building and stuff with that. But I wonder if he had any surprises for himself. You know, like because yeah. as, as a reader, no, I, 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 I surprises. Yeah. But I wonder, like as an author, especially an author that does these kind of mysteries primarily, 
kind of yeah. how surprised you are one that you're thinking of it there, there's like there's so many layers to me as like writing this of house you having to know that these things are gonna happen yeah there must have been so many things that he was like oh, that was that's not that's dumb like that can't be it oh yeah that can't well, be how, it. How, he, how he could fit the various uh yeah like clues and aspects of the mystery into like, like his setting of his story because he had the he had to set it in paris to start mm-hmm. move it to england for a very particular piece uh briefly return it to paris for the for the epilogue um and so he clearly had to had to plan all of this all the stuff out pretty aggressively and like that's definitely something that i think is a a testament to his skill i think i think that's a, a mark in the pro column for him so as much yeah. as, we're gonna, if, if, as we complain about things that he's done at some points um like there's some stuff here that's like really impressive that is not easily replicable at all no yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, man no yeah, yeah, yeah i think i think i want to write i think i would like to write a book like this really you like to write uh da vinci code 2 slash national treasure 5 Da Vinci coders. <laughs> Uncoding Da Vinci. Oh no, he set like the Bay Area and it would be a tech novel and I'd fucking hate it. Yeah. It would be called something like Lugal. <laughs> I also would watch Hot Tub Time Machine, yes. <laughs> I, oh. Rip it and rip it. I feel like we shouldn't. I feel like we're not allowed to say that. We should drink for that as well. I mean, you're going to drink anyway because you're opening a new beer. Yeah, I think. I, I think we. I think we can get around the uh, the obvious reference here. Yeah. Um. But I, I, one thing I will say. Um. About all of his ridiculous. Oh, I. So he does have the have the really good plot building moments. Like and these are things that we I think can agree. And I will. I will say actually while we're still on the topic before I switch it. Um. The family tie at the end did actually cut me off, catch me off guard. Um, yeah. I, I, again, it's been a while since I read this. I kind of forgot some of the finer details. I, I remember that um, uh, T-Bring, I think we're saying T-Bring, um, is, the, uh, is like the, uh, the traitor in disguise, the teacher yeah. and everything. Um, that one kind of made sense the whole way through. Like, you, like there, were, there were so few characters that it could be because you introduced so few characters yeah. that like they're really – it was either going to be some ridiculous deus ex machina bullshit or it was going to be him. So whatever. It, rem- it reminded me of like a Law & Order episode where <clears throat> you're introduced to all of the characters in the first five minutes. And yes, yeah, like ab- absolutely. Narrowing them down. Yeah, and you're like, uh, okay, which ones had solid alibis? Which ones were, yeah, because exactly. like, like once you got into the into uh, like after the attack by Silas on uh, Tebring's mansion, like it's it's either pretty much him or Fish, right? The detective, like there's there's pretty much no one else that's been introduced that it could be. And again, like if, if they were going, if he was going to do some complete bullshit and pull a character out of nowhere, like okay, he can do that. Uh, and we'll still hate it. But uh, out of the characters that were left, like, yeah, there wasn't much to choose from. Yeah. Do you remember, I, I think, I can't remember what episode it was that we did, but I had said that if my, if I'm like quick reading or speed reading through something yeah. and my name won't, I mean, my name, my brain won't process names the same way yes. as I'm reading them. So I process T bring, T bring, sure. T bring, I, I think T brings name yeah. as T bagging just for a while. No, the like, entire the time. entire time. The- That's why I asked you before we started recording. <laughs> what is name? How do you pronounce his name? Because I seriously, <laughs> every single time I saw T, 
And then my mind, because it's fu- – I don't know what the fuck is happening. I didn't realize this is what our pre-pro meeting was for. Uh, in my pre-pro <laughs> meeting, I mean like the five minutes we talk about this before we start recording. Yeah. But like, yeah, I – okay. I, I didn't realize that you went that off the reservation there. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It was – to me, his name was teabagging the entire book. And so I'm trying to read this guy. Who and you're not taking like, it seriously. No, who has this, like, very proper accent. And, and he's like, Helen in the movie, too. Do you know that? Yes. Okay, so, like, that, so, like, I knew that, too. And so part of me was always kind of, like, seeing his mannerisms and hearing his oh. style of, of speech and everything. And so it, it was impossible to me that, like, yes, that person could be possibly named Teabag. Tea? No, not Teabag. Teabagging. The verb. The Verbing it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 there's so many levels here it's like he's the ancient ancestor of baggins, yeah, um, baggins. <laughs> you know he's in, he's, he's in bad he's in bag and tea bagging yes of course wait bag end and baggins maybe i mean okay. I, I i don't know if there's a point there is what, is, is what i'm saying that was just like the biggest re- revelation I've had in well, all this quarantine. Revelation. Like all it is is like they sound similar. What? That's a what pretty kind big. Of par- what kind of parallels are you drawing then? No, we're talking about Dan Brown. We we'll talk about this in a different episode. Mm. Maybe. Anyway, so I thought he was named as T Baggings, and um, I went through almost the entire. And I had seen the movie. I got through the, almost the entire book just picturing some guy in like a Call of Duty outfit. Just like, <laughs> just, just just dropping track over the people that, he, that he's fooling. Yeah, and I, I'm just like picturing him in like the scene where he's like revealed as the teacher, and he's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of him like poisoning Remy in the limo, yeah. and they're just like standing over top of him, just like dropping down slowly <laughs> a couple times. He's nuts. <laughs> Oh my god! Anyway, it's a great it, he. Sir he, Ian really, McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen. Okay, Sir Ian McKellen is fantastic. Yeah, well, but tea baggings, <laughs> and also now I'm picturing his first name being T and his last yes. name being Baggings. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, T E E. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the character development, though. Oh, phenomenal. No, I, um. So, uh, one thing, like we, like we have talked about, obviously, the things that we like and the things that we uh, don't like so much. Um, one of the things that is inescapable, unfortunately, of this book is that the prose is just not good. Um, like they're like, I'm not a person that needs picture perfect prose to uh, recommend a book or get through a book or anything even close to that. I think that uh, there are skills that authors have and if you're good at other skills that if you're not great at prose it's not a big deal uh, i for example am a big fan of the mistborn fantasy series and brandon brandon sanderson is not a fantastic prose writer his plotting and pacing is phenomenal so um dan brown good pacing pretty good plotting um not enough to make up for the times that you just get completely disconnected from the book by some god awful sentence or reference or tone or something. Like there's just always, not, not always, but there's often something in this book that just takes you completely mm. out of it. Do you know what I just noticed? Go for it. Um, and totally. T baggins. <laughs> Bag end. Yeah. yeah. I just Go. noticed it again, actually. No. Um, and you can totally call me out on this if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. But is Sophie one of the only characters that has their first name as their name in the book? Um, 
Yeah, this is a good point. Uh, is that is that to emphasize her uh, as like the, the, the of wisdom and the base the base root Sophia and all that shit? Yeah, yes, I, I think that, and I think it possible. also like brings it back to like the whole like this about being like the feminine religion uh-huh. and stuff yeah. like that, and like everyone goes by their surname except for like the main that's, female that, character. That's actually a very fair point. Yeah, which I right. had not noticed until I was like literally writing down all the names of everyone because I knew. Well, Remy and Remy and Silas, but like the other two main characters that are involved in the quest for the Grail are definitely Langdon and Tebring, yes. and not Robert and whatever his first name. Yeah, is. Yeah, but also like it's all the the people who are called by their first names are the people of the church, like the people who are holy, I guess, mm-hmm. in either okay. what they think is like in in their respect or whatever. Uh-huh. Interesting. Look at that. God. Go. Look at your English l- l- Look at that background English. coming into play. See? And this is why. <laughs> oh, cat. All right. This, like, this is why I, I got by in all of my. Um, this is why I got by in all of my, like, English classes. Whenever I did, like, any sort of seminar classes. It was I could, like, talk like this shit. <laughs> you, just, you just pull it out of your back pocket whenever you yeah, want like, like, oh, do you remember any of anyone else's first name, or was it just Sophie? I still, I still remember uh, talking about something in my senior year English class. I had a, mm-hmm. I, I, and to be uh, very clear and fair here, like my English teachers in co- in high school were like uh, pretty good for the most part. Like my my sophomore year one was solid. My my junior year one was a really good guy, although not a great teacher. My senior year one was actually a very good teacher. Um, he is responsible for or he's the at least the main influence for why i can write as well as i can like he's a, he was a really good teacher a really strict teacher but a very but like not unfairly a very good mm-hmm. one um and still every now and then in this class uh i could still remember one time i would uh, i i heard someone saying something and i turned around to my friend uh and i said hey watch this and i raised my hand and i'm like you know what? That reminds me of Fight Club. I just started talking about like something for a while, uh, and it, because I was just so like bored or amused by the fact that you can do that kind of shit in class. I've never seen Fight Club. Oh yeah, Fight I've Club. Never I've never read Fight, Fight Club. Club. I've never. Um, it's interesting because uh, so I'll do a very quick aside. This Fight Club remains my favorite movie of all time. Also, spoilers maybe nope. for Fight Club. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to give any spoilers okay. for that. Actually, um, Fight Club remains my favorite movie of all time. One of the reasons it is is because everyone misinterprets it. Everyone thinks it is all about the teachings of Tyler Durden, who is Brad Pitt's character. Well, don't say everyone. We don't know if everyone. A lot of people. Roger Ebert himself criticizes this movie on on these grounds. And uh, there's a reason to believe, a very strong reason to believe that is, in fact, a refutation of those same ideas. And that's the reason I stand for it so hard, because it's a very, like, good uh, and, and and complex interpretation of this, and also Chuck Palahniuk, the author, um, has said that that the movie is better than, than his book. Um, yeah. As in, like David Fincher did a better job of adapting his book than he did of writing the book in the first place. Um, so Damn. that being said, um, uh, yeah, I was still a shithead in high school, and I, was, <laughs> and I decided I was going to distract the class by talking about uh, about that for no reason. But like, I can't, this, like I, I can't believe that was high school for you. That, like you talked about that during yeah, high school. Yeah. All right, I fucked up count. Nineteen ninety nine. I graduated in two thousand one, so you somewhere could. in there, two thousand to two thousand one was my was, was my senior year. It is fucking wild to me sometimes. Like I know, I don't really think about our age difference all that yes, much. I, I know, but like every now and then, it just jumps out starkly. Well, I think it's like so big with class years because the whole like actual years, like January years, I still to this day classify years going by on school years still. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think it gives over time, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but so it's the same thing with like Sean. Yes. My, my boyfriend. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on pocket, whatever. Uh, where, <laughs> yeah, you got to keep your own lure up so, so we get those, you get those listeners. <laughs> my secret life. <laughs> no, but just like talking about years difference in age versus years difference in schooling. And I was in first grade in 2001. The biggest for me thing, yeah, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. Like the, the biggest thing uh, when talking about age difference is uh, things from your childhood, um, because the like the thing that me and uh, like Chris talked about so much. One of our friends uh, that's much younger than me um, was that uh, children's shows. Like when, like we didn't have oh, the same yeah. children's shows growing up because those change over so much, uh, save like a select few, mm-hmm. uh, and so. It was like when he was like, "Oh, you never watched blah blah blah." I was like, "Nah, dude." He's like, "Oh, that's right. You're like fucking seventy. And it's like, "All right, calm down." <laughs> <laughs> but like, but the, but like that. But this is the same kind of thing. And yeah. like, for example, I was walking to an international relations cla- class my freshman year of college uh, when the planes hit the twin towers, uh, and I walked into that class eventually. And the professor looked up and was, uh, I was like, "Class is canceled. Like, what are you doing? Get out." Um, and I was 18. So the, but the idea is that like, if like, so you were eight, that means, or like nine, give or or take. So like you, you have, you have a completely different frame of reference for that kind of thing than I do. And that's true of everyone for major events like that. And like, that happens to be the biggest one in our lives. Not only do I have a different reference for that. I mean, this is like totally taking sidebar, but whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. Who fucking cares? not only do I have a different frame of reference for that because of age, but I was also three hours behind. Oh yeah, sure. And so my mom, my mom is from New York and she has like family that worked in the twin, like her cousins worked in the twin towers. Yeah. And I remember waking up that morning and like going downstairs and my mom just like, not, she was just like, until like despondent and like the same as like everyone you know and because like it was just like such a weird moment and being as young as i was and like having to recognize that like without having like that maturity and that adulthood behind it like being able to recognize that this was like a really serious and probably the the most serious moment that i had ever experienced at that time thus far yeah for sure yeah and I, I, had, I had one like that one with with my parents when my mom's uh, mom died, and yeah, it was the same type of thing. I came back from like the first time I'd ever seen my my dad cry, or at least like yeah. red red eyed. First time I'd ever seen my mom cry like that, and uh, like, and I was like, you know, eight, ten, or whatever it was. Yeah, so uh, it, those stick in your head for sure. Yeah, it's so weird that like the generation above, and maybe even our generation, or maybe even parents. I don't fucking know. I'm not a parent. I don't know that like there is this like trying to hide your sad or trying to hide your emotions, like trying to hide your like, well, you want to, you want to present a strong front so that you think the child thinks everything will be okay. Exactly. And, but then that also like for that kid then says like, Oh, then I have to be okay too. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. I think, I think it ends up being a double edged sword. Like I understand the idea behind it. I just think that like you're saying yeah. it, it projects something else onto the kid that you don't necessarily realize you're doing at the time. Um, 
Dan Brown. <laughs> Fuck you. I was going to make a transition. I just hit the cough for a second. This is so, ah, oh, man. I was going to make a really bad one, to be fair. But like, what was your transition going to be? Because mine just said Dan Brown. Yeah. All, all yours was was stating the author's name. Wow. No, I was just going to say something like, you know, oh, speaking of traumatic childhood moments, Sophie, am I right? Like, oh, but actually, though. No. Well, so uh, the the one thing before, well, actually, no, let's fucking go into that. Uh, the characters in this book are interesting. Um, oh, in no. my oh, wait, opinion, I'm sorry. Did you say interesting? Because I think that counts as a drink now. Oh, god damn it. All right. <laughs> Captivate. No, they're not, no, no. I can't even no. be sarcastic with Captivate. That's the problem. No, because you also, like, weren't, you always sound that sarcastic with interesting. Well, my point is, I was trying to sound sarcastic with interesting, but I don't, yeah. but, but I. Anyways, um, I think the – so the characters in this book are not that – (laughs) There. Yeah, they're there. They they move the plot. Um, Like we we, we can talk about the various uh, character motivations and like uh, we always always talk about – at the beginning of every show we have the the tag that we always like spoil things. But like just in case, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. um, There are – like the only things about these characters that end up making any kind of level of sense is, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What, 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 what was that? That's like a magic trick. It was a magic. No, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not a visual medium. Podcasting is a visual medium. I don't I'm know sorry. if you're aware of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I like the, the, the characters are like, like there's some, there's some like things about the characters that move the plot or, you know, make, make them make certain decisions or, you know, even at the end, like you can say that, that Sir Ian McKellen's character, mm-hmm. uh, T-Bring, like he, teabagging, teabagging, uh, sorry, it, it's his Christian name is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it, I, I, like there's like there's something to his motivation and like why he's the villain and like so you kind of understand him to a degree and whatnot but like if we're being very real like these characters are nothing like they're just yeah, they're, they're there for the plot to move through and that's about it yeah i think that um so for me for the characters i was in them mm, i don't like that <laughs> saying uh I, I was into them which uh-huh. i also don't like that saying that much either but i was yeah, into them better. marginally sure and then i think my least favorite character out of this entire book was um what's his name lang lang langdon langdon yeah langdon's yeah. The, the, the main symbologist that tom hanks in the movie yeah yeah i think it was langdon's harvard class was my least favorite character yeah they were terrible it was just what a fucking microcosm of absolute shitbaggery shit fuck pissers like you know just like what are you why why would you and why are you talking to a professor also to a doctor how dare you there were so many moments in his classrooms where he definitely should have been like Hey, what you're saying isn't actually okay. Especially oh, no. if I'm going to be preaching to you about the feminine god and how like mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 everything's about women, blah, 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 which it should be. But like his classrooms are like, oh yeah, like I'm a lax. I'm sorry if you play lacrosse, whatever. But like, no, if you that, play lax, you're a fuck. Don't worry. Five size sucks. Whatever. Who cares? But like that kind of energy. That a professor should definitely shoot down. 
Oh yeah, hundred. Suppose he you know, he was trying to like kind of roll. He reminds me of like this stereotypical like boss or teacher, obviously yeah. that you know is a hundred percent pushover from the time that you like you 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 tag them a little bit and they don't do anything to respond. It's kind of like they try to like roll with it a little bit or make a joke, and you're like, oh yeah, you're mine forever. You're trash. Like you're never gonna stand up to me. Uh, that's him in a heartbeat. Like he will, he he was always going to be a passive, passive person. Yeah, I actually took a picture of. Oh no! I took a picture of a quote from this, and this was like about the Harvard class, and I think it was about. Uh, oh, okay. It was a male a male student in the back raised his hand, sounding sounding hopeful. Are you saying that instead of going to going? Instead of going to chapel, we should have more sex. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, Langdon chuckled, not about to take the bait. From what he'd heard about Harvard parties, these kids went. Uh, these kids were having more more than enough sex. Gentlemen, he said, knowing he was on tender ground. Might I offer a suggestion for all of you? Without being so bold as to condone premarital sex... And without being so naive as to think that you're all chaste angels, I will give you this bit of advice for your sex lives. All the men in the audience leaned forward, listening intently. No, they're not. One. (laughs) And then the next time you find yourself with a woman, look in her heart and see if you cannot approach sex as a mystical, spiritual act. Challenge yourself to find that spark of divinity that man can only achieve through union with the sacred feminine. The woman, the women smiled knowingly, nodding. So Dan Brown's a virgin, right? 100% Dan Brown has to be a virgin. Like, there's no other reason for this. I don't. That whole scene to me was like these fucking wild douchebags in this classroom were like, yeah, sex, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, guys. No, I totally get it. But, like, let me give you a little hint into the secret life of women. And, like, winks knowingly at his undergrad women in the classroom. Yes. Like, hey, I'm one of the good ones. And if you want to see me at study hall, also, study hours all later. Of the, all of the women are sitting there going, like, yes, treat me like Virgin Mary. Oh yeah, like, you're absolutely. Uh. It is absolutely insane the amount of pressure that is still put on the women during sex, <laughs> even when it's in a positive light you know yep it's (laughs) also the guys in this class fucking suck oh no they're all yeah god forbid a woman like raise her hand and say a similar thing in this class too and like and like there's one time when there's like a female student like that he that he like includes in the in the novel at least that like you know asks them a bunch of questions and she's basically just a foil for like what i didn't know that like that's that's her whole her whole purpose there yeah um but like like he doesn't do any favors to those guys at the same time like he doesn't like he like he he portrays them in the same like casually judgmental way that like oh. any like above it nerd would uh which is just like huh, oh these poor souls as opposed to being like yo that's not right like you know yeah. don't like, don't think like that or like you're being an asshole right now or whatever like, yeah he like I, w- I would spend roughly two sessions in that class before i realized that he would never stand up to anyone in his class and therefore even if he was brilliant the classroom uh, uh atmosphere would always be trash yeah uh I just it those scenes just really fucking bug me. But yeah. it's okay. Yeah. 
but like, and if they were but if they were they, at least they uh, elicited some level of emotion because like so many of the other characters were just like there um like they were yeah. not, not saying they were bad not saying they were they were um uh not saying you didn't understand like their motivations or whatnot but like you, you like every conversation that a character has in this not in this novel uh furthers the plot in some way yes um and so you get no time for any character asides in which you would un- you would actually understand something about them what drives them what motivates them well you get you get the broad strokes here obviously mm-hmm. sophie parents died as a child uh uh you know uh, uh, disillusionment with her grandfather now remorse over his death etc cetera, etc cetera. langdon is a smart guy wants to help he's, he's a pretty uh open-minded dude all these things are all there, yeah. but like they don't do anything. Like they're not they're not important. They they don't like. There's no big character and motivations that you are gleaning from these cool little like peaks behind the the, the yeah. veil. Like everything that's in this book is focused on the plot, and that's fine. But it, mm-hmm. it makes it makes the characters less for sure. Can can I bring up? We didn't talk about this when we were doing our like pre pro. What what the fuck are we going to talk about? Whatever, but pre pro. But, but I, game and it's terrible. <laughs> but like, uh, can we just talk about speaking of like her disillusioned Sophie's dif- disillusioned relationship with her grandfather? Ooh, can we talk about how like ridiculous that is and complete bullshit? Can we also talk about the fucking sex scene that oh, she? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. One. If I walked in on my grandfather. During banging, like, like, like no, banging. getting receiving bangs, <laughs> banging, he banging. Was, yes, yes. All right, was, fair, fair point. He was, he was not, he was not the hammer in the situation. No, right? he was, he was being, he was the bangy, yes, he was the bangy, and she, and she witnessed this, and she couldn't leave, she, which is weird, yes. And then started crying because she was so upset with the fact that her grandfather might still be sexually active. Yeah, like this dude just could have like uh, listen. To be fair, or, or in a room of people wearing masks. And no, 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 no. It's it, it's, weird. It, it's weird. It's weird. A hundred percent. Like it, it's a it's a it's a super weird scene, especially with, with the attachment she has to this uh, to her grandfather. They're very close. She doesn't think they have secrets at such, or at least like yeah. not those kind of secrets, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, like if I walked in on my grandparents at a swingers party, I'd be like, Ooh, I hate everything that just happened. I'm going to go shower and bleach, but like you guys live your lives. I'll call, you know, when you want to call me, call me like there's, there's like there, there isn't like a 10 year refuse to hear his voice. Really? Like, I'm sorry that like that, that always struck me as absolutely ridiculous. I just unless uh, sorry one one addendum unless unless she was uh, built into the story as super religious, which would be totally reasonable because you could you could drive her into that into into that in some way and have her and then tie it back at the end to this um uh like virgin uh uh, virgin mary jesus christ i think since spoiler 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 she is in fact the blood of christ like you could do something with that if you wanted to but he never did. And like the fact that she is just completely freaked out by this. And like again, freaked out, 
hundred percent totally get it stern words for grandfather like hard questions totally get a hundred percent but like 10 years refusing to read his letters or receive his phone calls is complete horseshit like it is a bad bad plot point it also is just like one of those moments of like you've definitely walked into your parents having sex when you were little like i mean i know her parents are dead so like maybe not maybe not her but (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry that was really shit Wow, wow. Shaming shaming orphans. It's terrible. I'm sorry. But like, oh, now I feel bad for saying that. But (laughs) anyway. Oh, you said it in ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. I acknowledge acknowledge my ignorance and I will will do better. Um, But like, I, people have walked in on their parents having sex. Yeah. And also, like, being an adult woman, if I, I mean, this has never happened to me, and my grandfather has passed, so, like, I can't foresee this happening. Oh, no, I, I can thankfully make all of these jokes because all of my grandparents are dead. So, yeah. like, they're, like, they're, they're, yeah, like, these, I'll get these jokes off of you. Okay, but, like, you. if I were to walk in on that, I think I would be more impressed. Right? By the feet, I would be, like, one... Your hips. Oh, actually, random thing that I know. Okay. Is that. Okay. <laughs> strange segue. But that uh, people over the age of 60, mm-hmm. uh, the percentage of oral sex mm-hmm. skyrockets. Mm-hmm. As opposed to not regular sex, but like, sex. yes, of course, that yeah. goes down. I, I wasn't sure if this is like a seventy-year-old joke that you're going to like turn back on me in some regard, and I was going to be really angry. But yeah. no, 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 no. Um, yes, yeah, I believe it's to prevent getting disease because chlamydia is rampant in nursing homes and uh, elderly populations, or. If it's not chlamydia, it's, it's at least sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, if that's, if that's the. Per- if I were to walk in on my grandparents <laughs> having sex, I would be like, fuck yeah, get it, get it, get it. I believe in you. Hell I, yeah. I also like I'll the make fact, you dinner. I also like the fact that um, Dan Brown needs to point out at some point during that sex scene that her grandpa is, in fact, a chubby chaser. Mm. Because, because oh, the girl. <laughs> Yes, I have that quote. Wait, I fucking hate that quote. I have it saved it in my phone. It is the dumbest thing because, like, just because it's so unnecessary. Like, like that's that, that's what I mean. Like, if he was going to tie it to some larger point about uh, about like the uh, you know the heavenly goddess comes in many forms or, or or some bullshit, whatever, whatever, totally fine. But like, it sounds like he's just talking about like how hot the chick is that his her grandpa scored with. Yes. So I the the quote is straddling her grandfather was a naked woman wearing a white mask her luxuriant silver hair flowing behind it her body was plump far from perfect yeah and she was gyrating in rhythm to the chanting making love to sophie's grandfather and also just like Totally takes him out of it, and like yeah, it, it, well, not- which, which to be fair might be the point of the ceremony. So that so that's okay. Yeah. If, if he is supposed to be passive and the woman is supposed to be active, that is a fair part of the ceremony. But like, Far- you know, why do you gotta throw her under the bus like that? Like, like really? Like, why do you have to say like unless you like, 
again, back it up in, so, in some way. Like if, if he's trying to reinforce, for example, excuse me, for example, that um, her grandfather is not trying to be a super creepy old man who's using the ceremony to uh, have sex with like younger women that are unsuspecting yeah. or something like that. I'm saying if that's a point that he's trying to make yeah. with like you know, commenting on her appearance, then like you can do that in better ways. And if you're not trying to do that, then like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, why is that something you even say? Also, just like, even if you were trying to explain like a younger woman having sex with someone, saying far from perfect is so mean. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, so silver hair's in there too. So I guess yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. it's not necessarily uh, him talking about younger women. I, I, I guess I just mean like, I'm trying to rationalize like why you would, include that detail and the only thing i can think of is like oh this is not like lustful sex no, no, um, no. But, but like you could just say that like, <laughs> you, uh, i don't know it, it was it was it, it was just the weirdest line to me trying to take it was trying to take women out of it by also still making sure that the women knew that she sure. wasn't attractive <laughs> which like doesn't take women out of it yeah 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 like, like if you're gonna it's still like putting it back into the narrative you know yeah yeah i and like and like her like it was interesting because like her grandpa was like a i almost would have rather had him on screen granted like he would have been probably poorly written by dan brown but like he seemed like an interesting like you know uh so smart yeah super smart like uh very witty very like very interesting i thought he would have been like a interesting addition to the narrative like t-bring is supposed to be part of that obviously uh with his like super english wit and, and whatnot yeah. but like so much of it just comes across as like forced and blah and and, and i'm sorry but like I, this is like only tangentially related to t-bring i hated 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 every single time that dan brown compared something in europe to something in america yes um it was infuriating uh like like because the thing is like oh man I, if you if you're gonna make this like a location novel, then you can't do these things to take us out of it, which yeah. is what you're doing if you're doing that. And if you want to make this broadly appealing to an American audience, which I understand to be very clear, like if that's your goal, which obviously was his, I totally get that. You just need to do it a little bit less clumsy than this because I'm re- I'm reading like you know uh, the hell was it like not just like you know currency conversions but mm-hmm. also like you know oh it's like this city in america or it's like this area in new york or whatnot it's like you know bro like you, like you need to either let the atmosphere sit or you yeah. need to do a better job of doing this so it's not so blatant because it happens so often too yeah i also think that um we were talking earlier about fash Oh yeah, uh, I don't know if we uh, I, I we were beforehand. I don't know if we did in the podcast. I don't think we have yet. He, he was a, I thought he was an underused character. I don't know if you felt yeah, the same I way. Agree. I agree. But I, I I felt that like so I, I thought that his, I thought that he was going to tie around more at the end. I thought uh, you watched the movie or yes. does so it's genre no in the movie right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was professional so. old guy from Ronan, like yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Mission Impossible, yeah. Um, he oh god all those movies are like fucking 30 years old um he uh does he does he have a different meaning in the the, does he have a different role in the movie at all or is he just the same same because i thought that someone i I thought it was so obvious of a writing thing to like to bring fash around as like the uh wink wink i helped you cover this up because 
priori. Like, yeah. I, I, he was like a lower level member or something like that. Even though, even with the um the the very religious paraphernalia, because yeah. he was the go between between the bishop, which like for the whole plot. But the whole thing is that he like because of the relationship between the two of them, the priori and like uh the church, that he could have been you know theoretically helping both sides. He could have been helping the church to uh to stop all these murders that yeah. were out of control from the bishop, and he could have also been uh on the side of getting this all tied together and keeping the the, the blood of christ saved by being a member of of the priori so i just thought that it, it was i thought it was like a very obvious thing that was gonna come around that never did and that was that was kind of weird to me uh i would say like wait have you not seen the movie then no i have not seen the movie oh, at all i should actually it earlier this week at some point like, i was like i just want I, I think i kind of watched them want to watch the movie and after i texted you i mentioned it to, to my girlfriend and she was like Oh, don't watch that movie. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not fantastic. I. I oh, no, I'd, but I'd still watch it, obviously, because who fucking cares? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should definitely. I didn't even remember that you no, uh, well, said yeah. that. Um, but uh, I think that I would be super interested if they were gonna do like a noir spinoff for Fat Fash. Like, oh yeah, sure. What? Well, yeah, Fine. I think that they were. I think that like I'm picturing like a very like Brooklyn. We read this book, Brooklyn Mother, Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn yeah. Like I'm picturing like that kind of like noir for him, and just like living that life and loving that journey for him. But the thing is, I think that like I think that you could have made a very simple addition to his character. Oh yeah. Um, and that would have made him. Honestly, one of the more interesting characters in the book, if you like, not not like while he's on page because he's just like who he is, but if you look back on it afterwards, you'd say, "Oh, all of his actions made a kind of reasonable sense, and he was yeah. a, a driving a driving force for this." Like, oh, that was a cool little choice you made. And instead, it was just like you just kind of like uh, yeah. wrapped up and threw him out with the bishop for no reason. No, I think that. So I think that one of my favorite character. I mean, I think that. I like fashion. I wish that they would have like done more. I thought them. it was one of the few that had like potential to actually be interesting. Least, yeah, but, but go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to shit talk your character choice. No, 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 no. you're totally fine. Um, but that I really wish that, like you were saying before, the grandfather had yeah like, more saying in there because his puzzles were just like in like just like the way that they described how he would give puzzles to Sophie and like that was their relationship. I mean, before watching him have sex with a woman on a table, but like that woman, sorry, you can't say it without saying I'm sorry, that. Sorry. silver, silver haired, not one. perfectly bodied woman, uh, having sex with them. But like, I think that their relationship when she was younger, it reminded okay, so like all the puzzles and stuff. She's like, oh yeah, he used to give me like a lot of puzzles and stuff. And it reminds me of the things that you would get off like this is why I'm broke dot com of like the dumb little like puzzles <laughs> you like move around yeah. so you get, like yeah. a twenty dollar bill out of like the puzzle or whatever, which I've had to do a couple of times. But I worked very I worked very hard for them. Like I did stop working so that I could get the twenty dollars out because it made more sense uh, for me at the time. Dedication, yeah. I thought the puzzles in the I thought the puzzles in this novel were rather well done. No, they were smart. Like the, like they um the the dual nature of all of them, which yeah. was the most interesting part, is uh, how like every code had like a second or third purpose, um, or everything had a different meaning. Like for at the very end, they go to Roslyn, they go to the castle in Scotland, they find the family. 
Um, but uh, that's actually not the true location of the Grail. The the, the 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 clue can be interpreted in a different, reasonable way and lead you actually to to the location of the Grail. Um, which, by the way, I thought was I thought that it was I thought he built in a a decent like non cop out ending. Um, oh yeah. As in, like that that Langdon, as as boring and milk toast as he was, like he wasn't going to be the type of character that was going to like try to break the uh, the secret of the yeah. priory wide open. So, like you know, if you find it, and uh, the grandmother, when you eventually meet her, says this as much. Like you know, if you know, if if you discover it, I I, I would trust that you would keep it a secret, or I would, yeah. I would expect that you would keep it a secret, or whatever. I did hate that Langdon was someone who was like. Oh, I'm really, really smart. Like, really, really smart. But, like, I'm just not going to act like it. Like, I'm just, like, not. No, yeah. He's he, he's the most, like, he's, he's the most, like, wishy-washy, uninteresting lead character I think I've seen in a novel in quite some time. Like, I, I don't I don't know how else to describe him. Like, he's not confident. Uh, he's he's so not. You, you would never get to that point in your life. You would never become that. I don't want to say you would never, but like for most, for most of the time, like you wouldn't become that famous for whatever you do, whether or not it would to be because like you're a great researcher or whatever. But like if you're gonna be the name behind it, yeah, if you don't have some sort of like forward presence. All right, so so if I can if I can go on my own little soapbox for a minute, yeah. I think this is like the uh, the biggest problem in our society between like confidence and humility. Um, and I think that people uh, construe humility to mean that you can't talk about how good you are or that you're good at something or anything like that. That humility means that you have to pretend that like, oh, shucks, how did I do that? Or, oh, I don't even know. Oh, but, like, but the idea is that like what humility is, is not um, I'm not good at this. It is I'm good at this but I acknowledge that I am probably not the best at all overall. Yeah. And so I always will have something else to learn. Yeah. The idea behind it's kind of like the, um, for lack of a better reference, like in a martial arts kind of idea is that like, I might be really fucking good at martial arts, but I might run into the guy that's going to dial me the fuck up. Yeah. And I might be, I, I might end up either defeated or dead. I might want to watch myself. This is humility. It means I know what I'm good at. And I know how strong I am, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I can't learn something or that someone else can't be better than me. And so people take confidence to be arrogance instead. If someone states like, I can do this, they think, whoa, hold on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you saying? It's like, it's like that fine line where you have to say like, oh, I can do this, but I can't do that. You know, where like you shouldn't have to define what you can do by what you can't. No, I, I, I think that like, I think that for me at least, and I'm sure plenty of people will disagree with me. I think that like, confidence and humility are about uh understanding your place in hierarchy and i don't mean some kind of like you know like specific code i simply mean i'm good at this but i'm not the best at this yeah. but i'm also not the worst at this so i understand where i am in here and i feel like confident uh, i feel confident to give my expertise but i feel humble enough to know that someone might correct me afterwards because i might i don't know everything i also think that yeah, I also think that humility comes into it when like you're in a group setting and you're confident in what you know how to do. Mm -hmm. But you have to be like humble enough to understand that you don't know everything. So like yeah, when when someone's coming to you and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm the person that can really do the Excel sheets." 
which is like the lamest thing I could possibly. I'm sorry, not lame. It actually is lame. It's no, lame, thing lame, I possibly lame, lame. No, you can say yeah, lame. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm really good at Excel sheets or whatever, and I'm not. But like, I'm really good at Excel sheets, and like that is being confident and humble in a way that like you're not saying like, oh yeah. By the way, I created Excel. Yeah, like, no, no, it's helpful because what it is. Yes. is- it's honest. It's telling you exactly like you are communicating to, to other people, like, you know, your level of knowledge. Yeah. If you're, if you use humility to lie, then it is not humility. It is lying. Like if you, yeah. if you, if you're constantly going, Oh, shucks, I don't know anything. When you are in fact a master in something, you're not being humble. You that's are not lying. helping. Yeah. You're not- that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so like, yeah. so I, I like, I, again, I don't mean to get on a soapbox here, but I really think this is a, big big disconnect in like american discourse and feelings like because what it does is it discredits um knowledge and competence because because if you do that then you are arrogant or you are you know putting on airs or whatnot you're not being humble enough and if you're talking from a sense of like i'm just a humble idiot who doesn't know anything but here's my bullshit then like you somehow get some kind of credit for being humble about about your upbringings i feel like oh shit I feel like this has been the episode of sidebars. Oh yeah, we've done a lot of sidebars because, because let's be honest, like this book is totally fine, but also not super deep. So you don't need to, like, to to go into a lot of depth on it. This isn't like who fears death, you know? Like we're not. Yeah, it, that, 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 that was levels on levels. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not even Lord of the Rings. Like it's, no. like, it, it, it's and, and sorry, no shade to Lord of the Rings. Just the first episode I thought of, but like it, it's. This is a really fun book to read. But you don't really want to uh, take anything else away from it besides this was fun to read. Yeah. Like, I, I, like the, his, the history, as we said, is dodgy as fuck. Um, even if it has truth in it, like you don't know where exactly it ends. So it's hard to say like, oh, I learned this from this book because you don't know where truth blends in the yeah. fiction if you, uh, if, if you are not a historian. Um, and you also like there's nothing – there's nothing about this book that actually like leads you to some level of, Oh, I, I really will take this with me. It was just like, Oh, that was cool. Nice. Yeah. On to the next one. Well, I think that like the, one of the most important questions that we could possibly ask ourselves right now uh-huh. um, is a question that I found as I was like, kind of like skimming different like book club boards and everything. Oh, no. like that. You know, like as I was just like, kind of like doing some oh. research, you know, I, I do a lot of research with every book that we read. Whether or not that I don't, I don't feel good about this at all. Whether okay. or not that just be like reading the spark notes for the books that I have <laughs> finished yet. Or so, the question is, and speaking about like history and stuff, I think this is uh-huh, gonna be really uh-huh, important. Of course. Um, will you look at Da Vinci's work differently now that you know more about his secret life? Like, will you though? Like, I mean, like, really think about it. Like, you just know so much more about Da Vinci. It's really all the. It's funny. All these Da Vinci biopics that we've had recently never really like didn't really really tell me everything about his life. I really needed to get the core of his person from this book. Like everything that I've seen on like the BBC and like NPR and like PBS and whatever you know, like stuff about like 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 good stuff. it's, All those educational tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, now that I really know about his secret life and just, like, everything that's ever happened to him, I just feel closer, you know? And I think, like, that I have um, a way more emotional connection. Is that supposed to be – is that question supposed to be code for, like, 
um, do you feel differently about him now that you know he, he is not religious? And then posing that question to either religious people or to non-religious people. That is like, such a good question in itself. <laughs> I'm actually wondering, like, is, is, was that the purpose of it? Because like, I even like to be very clear, even though like, I can't, I can't imagine everyone, anyone being like, like, wearing a, a Leonardo da Vinci jersey and then, oh, reading, and, then reading, and then reading the Da Vinci code and be like, fuck, and just like tearing it off and like burning it on the ground like right then because they just found out he was a heretic. Or like... <laughs> it, it's... It's a good book. You could read it. <laughs> it, it it'll it'll take. It is four hundred and fifty pages, roughly. It'll yeah. take you a day if you want to, or like whatever your leisurely pace is. Like I, I read about a hundred pages a day of quote unquote good books, uh, or at least well written books, and I could have blown through this like two hundred pages at a time, or just like done a. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I got a little, a little choked up there. <laughs> oh yeah, I got choked up talking to the Vinci Code. You're absolutely right. My emotions are coming out. <laughs> uh, it's a really easy book to read if you want to, and like if you want to read it, like more power to you. Like, it, like it's it's an entertaining read. Just don't expect like the world from it. That's all. Yeah, it was there. The characters were there. The book was there. I I read it there. It was it was there. Where was there? In, for you, no, no, for you, where was there? You were like, as in, like, where physically I was? You're moving in, so I wasn't sure if you were like reading it in like the. Uh, oh no, no, no! I'm I'm reading it at my current place, but am moving, which is why I sound so fucking echoey right now. Oh yeah, sorry, we should have addressed that early on. Yeah, she's a little echoey just because she has blank walls. Actually, <laughs> the last thing that she's going to record in this place before she moves. The, the last thing that I say. Um, but I do want yeah, to say. Uh, oh no, no! I'll stop you right there. Yeah, I'm What's so excited. The last thing you want to say on mic in your old place before we cut this recording. Well, I was gonna say what book we're gonna read next, but I feel like that's not. All right, fun. we'll do all that shit first. Fine, whatever. All right. Um, we're reading Riot Baby next. Yes, we are. By which just, which thankfully, just came in from the li- at the library for me. Yeah. Which fantastic! I'm so happy for you. I just was saying. Um, which is I'm gonna. Butcher this pronunciation because I did not look oh, this up before. Yeah, it, you're doing it on the fly, you idiot. To- Toki, T O T H I, Toki? Probably Toki uh, Anyobuchi. 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 Would be my guess. Toki Anyobuchi. Anyobuchi, Anyobuchi, yes. Yes. Sorry, guys. We did it for the first time live. Our deepest apologies. Yeah, we we generally do go over pronunciations before we we do well, stuff. But we also, or at least I forgot that we were definitely doing this before. A warning about the next book before, and so I had no. <laughs> but yes, that is the next book that we're going to read. Uh, it, uh, that that will be the next episode. So by all means, get uh, into it beforehand. Uh, once again, it will be Riot Baby by Tochi or Toki uh, Anyabuchi. Yay. Uh, O-N-Y-E-B-U-C-H-I. And I, I think the last thing that, that I want to say before... Um, yes, last word in your apartment, uh, old apartment, uh, go. Jello shots. Jello shots. <laughs>